So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want a hut, I want a hut, I want a hut, I want a really, really, really want to record a toy podcast. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 194 for the week of Wednesday, the 11th of November. I'm Adam, and with me tonight are... Eddie. Ben. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Mezco Mortal Kombat Scorpion action figure, the Mattel Masters of the Universe Classic Flying Fist He-Man and Terror Claw Skeletor 2-pack, the Lego Star Wars AT-DP, and the Sideshow Collectibles Star Wars Scout Trooper 1-6 scale action figure. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been here. Good, good. Spiffing. Excellent. Yeah, I'm good now. Excellent. So um, last time you were on, Eddie, you copped a bit of flack from us. So what's been going on the last couple of weeks? I did cop a lot of flack, but I, <laughs> I heard that John was sucking up a lot in the last episode. He even <laughs> stopped saying how much he loved me, which was yeah, sweet. It's like undying <laughs> expressions of love. It's way beyond sucking up. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I was actually, I was a little worried coming on tonight because I, to Aww. be honest, I've had a bit of a cruddy fortnight with some things going on, which I won't get into um, yeah. on here. But um, I, I do just want to send out the message, you know, always uh, check in on people and see how they're doing. I've just been visiting a friend um, in hospital who didn't necessarily speak up a lot. So if mm-hmm. you have someone in your workplace or friend or that, it's always nice just to take the couple of seconds and check in on how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a bit worried because I didn't want to be a bit of a downer coming on and talking about a bit of a glum week. And then the gods of the heaven opened up for me today <laughs> to give me something to discuss. And that was I work in exhibitions and a lot of the buildings that I work in have the title exhibition. Uh, and this week in Melbourne, it's the annual Sexpo show. Exhibition <laughs> oh Centre. And for some reason, every year, people uh, seem to, it must be because there are boobs in the advertisement for it, <laughs> but they only read the word exhibition and they turn up at my work uh, looking no. for <laughs> And if you're going to a convention dressed up in some sort of sultry outfit or gimp suits and that, and you're flooding through a foyer with thousands of other people in said dress, you kind of blend in a bit. If you're the only one who turns up to a building um, in one of these outfits, you kind of stand out a bit in the crowd. <laughs> uh, so I spent my day uh, trying to direct people on how to get to their sex convention. Uh, me- <laughs> Many of which wow. wanted to shake my hands in thanks at the end, which I uh, <laughs> politely uh, didn't uh, do. I just, you know, said, oh, a bit of a cold germs. I won't uh, shake your hand. Uh, but, yeah, I think out of everyone that I served throughout the day, there might have been 
two or three that had all their teeth intact, which was, <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that, but that was just something weird I noticed in all of them. So it, I was kind of happy at the end because I was like, oh, well, that's that's something actually a little bit out there that I can mention in our gossip tonight. Uh, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> so, Scott, you got anything can top that? I can't top that. Um, I've just finished an awesome book, and it's like a friend died. <laughs> you know, you know when they kind of get to the like end of a book, and you're like, no. So it's a it's a geeky thing. It's um a book called Ready Player One. Ah, uh, no spoilers. I've got uh, it sitting on my nightstand. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> by Ernest Klein, and it, I actually was I listened to the audio book um, because I because I drive and travel a lot. I um, listened to audiobooks just kind of help me concentrate. Um, but for the first time ever, the book got, just got so engrossing that I had to finish it off when I wasn't driving or traveling. Um, and so I finished it tonight and it was awesome. And uh, yeah, great. Okay. If you're a kid, a, a geek of any description, a kid of the 80s, yeah, um, okay. anything, you would absolutely love it. It's just. So good. So it's kind of one of those nice feelings, you know, when, okay. but it's kind of like sad, but nice, satisfying. <sighs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, otherwise all quiet on the Western front. Oh, except, um, I, the, the room that I podcast in, which is my study slash toy room slash, um, uh, what's the word? Observatory. Uh, no, like guest room, etc. Um, what, it, it, it's a bit of the dumping ground of the house, right? Cause like, you know, it's that, that's the spare room. So yep. you have people over or whatever, and then my toy stuff. And, um, so, but I actually, it's actually really tidy. So Madness. I'm, yeah, I'm podcasting in peace and order, which I love. And so I'm very happy. Excellent. <laughs> nice. Ben, what have you yes, got to Really, really quiet week for me, actually. I think the most exciting thing is, um, Getting a haircut and uh, getting my ass absolutely kicked by hay fever. Excellent. Yeah, I was doing really well. And, uh, you know, a couple of my mates suffer really, really badly. And I was like, ha ha, you know, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Oh, so funny. And, oh, and then it just caught up to me and kicked my butt, but good. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. And we've had rain the last two or three days. And I thought that might sort of settle things down, but uh, it's made no difference whatsoever. Oh, dear. So, yeah, that's about it. So, Good what about fun. you, Captain Handyman? Uh, I have had my birthday this week, so that's, that's like the highlight of my week. Thank you. Um, I got wonderful gifts and such like and then spent um, last night scoffing on food and today <laughs> doing not too much. Well, Recovering with a meat hangover. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, very nice. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, what say we get on with some articulated news? Yeah. Okay. E. Cool. Before we head into our main features for the episode, we'll talk about uh, the news items that we've spotted this week, uh, anything that's caught our eye. It's not going to be a comprehensive 
news service, as you would know for those regular listeners, and we call this Articulated News. Ben has her first piece of news, so over to you, Ben. Why, thank you, sir. And my first piece of news is from the good folks at NECA. And NECA have been doing some really nifty stuff with these ultimate action figures, which is, um, I guess, you know, instead of bringing things out in different colours and you know, having some uh, lame variations to get the, their money's worth from the sculpts, they've actually been thinking of ways to um, make them a bit more attractive. Huh. And, um, yeah, these ultimate action figures, uh, they're taking specific characters and really ping, pimping them up with um, swap-out heads and accessories and all that sort of stuff. And their latest one is the T-1000, the liquid metal Terminator from Terminator 2. And um, he's actually the third figure from that movie to get an ultimate action figure after um, Arnie and there was also the uh, the Sarah Connor as well. So this is in that 70-inch um, scale, you know, if you know your... Uh, Necker, you know, and, and love them. Um, 11 interchangeable parts, three heads, multiple forearms, five hands, battle-damaged shirt front, pistol, uh, functioning holster, uh, really good stuff. And what I like is all the swap-out heads are from, you know, specific scenes in the film. Yeah. Which is really yeah. nifty. So the split head from when he gets hit by the, the big piece of rebar thing and then the big hole in his head. All spiders. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 and those um, groovy claws that he grabs onto the back of the the car with and whatnot, and uh, looks suitably Robert Patrick ish. Oh, the the um, normal head sculpt I think is a brilliant hmm. likeness. Yeah. yeah, and this is one of those figures where I don't know. I, I think I'd actually struggle as to which one I'd want to display it with because um, I, I love that film. I, I still think Terminator Two was just phenomenal, and. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually seen these in hand yet. Um, I've hovered over the, um, the the order button a couple of times online, but um, I just want to get a look at them. And the package, packaging is actually really nice too. You can see all the, the swap-out bits quite clearly. So, yeah, quite nice and good to see that, um, you know, they're not just sort of picking the, the popular character from each of their... Um, each of their their properties and whatnot. So um, this will be out January 2016. And that's a bit of a bummer. It means I can't palm it off to someone else to buy it for me for Christmas. Hmm. <laughs> that was some um, poor timing. Anyway, uh, moving on and going from uh, the semi-cheap to the uh, expensive, the guys at Pop Culture Shock are uh, still cranking along with their quarter-scale lines and um, their latest one is Cammy from Street Fighter or Kylie Minogue. <laughs> and... Um, Stop my joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, you're a, uh, you're a Kylie fan. You know? Yep, I am actually. This, this doesn't, um, you know, doesn't interest you? No, that's possibly the ugliest representation of Cameo I've seen for a good long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very game specific. It actually looks like you know, a shot taken out of the game. I've um, been following Pop Culture Shock on Facebook and seen sort of the development of this statue. So seeing it in the, the, you know, the various sculpting phases. So it's um, Cammy doing one of her moves. It's, um, it's a little bit stylized, like she's got the big feet, big thighs and everything like that. Um, being Pop Culture Shock, there is actually a couple of uh, variants. There's actually an exclusive you can get from the Pop Culture Shock um, website that has a swap-out head and there's also, which I think is actually quite neat, a... <coughs> Gesundheit. Um, a player two variant. So if you can remember back in the days when um, you had a player two and you would choose the same character, there would be a color variant. So there's one of those of her as well. Um, she'll set you back about $415. Um, 
you um, get a pretty good deal. You get a 10% discount if you're paying full on the Pop Culture Shock website, but um, it looks like the exclusive's already sold out. Um, and she will ship in uh, September 2016. So uh, it's it's. Um, I think that base is too busy. Uh, yeah. Because it's a colourful character. Like the character's colourful, mm. and so. But because the base is so colourful, my eye doesn't know where to look. It's not drawn immediately to the just mm. to the character. So, I think you know a a, a more muted base. Yep. Would have worked better for me. Yeah, look, I don't mind it. I haven't actually. I don't own any of these. Um, I certainly, you know, played many of the games to death, but I haven't. Um, I haven't actually taken the plunge. And I think one of those reasons is you just know they're going to do all the uh, the major characters. So if you were going to commit to something like this, mm. you'd be uh, up for quite a bit. So, but anyway, looking quite good. Um, my next bit of news is also from Pop Culture Shock, and that is the quarter scale Mortal Kombat. Kintaro. Now, um, this is just starting to go up for pre-order at a couple of places and it hasn't actually turned up on the Pop Culture Shock website yet, so expect that to happen in the next week or so. Um, for those people who don't know who Kintaro is, he is actually um, of a similar race to Goro, who was the uh, the original four-armed bad guy. Um, Kintaro's kind of like a... a he's from a, a race of those guys that's considered, you know, the, the, the bottom feeders. So he's Goro with a bit of a tiger theme happening. Um, quarter scale means this dude's going to be massive. I don't have the exact details, but you know you're probably looking at a good uh, 24 inches to the top of the head. So 500 US dollars for a quarter scale uh, available in fourth quarter 2016. And uh, as I said, these have very very low. Um, uh, what you call it, edition sizes, so get to that um, Pop Culture Shock website and uh, and order from them if you want the exclusive. So, but get in early because they do sell out very quickly. Uh, anyway, I think that's actually my news. Cool. Mm. All right, then over to me for the next bit of news. And this bit of news we touched on a little bit in the last episode with the announcement of the Green Lantern Hal Jordan premium format figure. Uh, so we had the teaser, and this is the full solicitation for it, uh, with all the pictures here, and we have a price. So this guy, um, it's going to be one of the blackest nights for your wallet. He's looking to be about $531 and oh no sorry i'm i'm counting that with my shipping total uh, i've been added on here <laughs> i apologize too yeah. <laughs> i was thinking it was quite big uh it's actually 450 dollars uh he's looking to set your wallet back uh now you guys were not the biggest fans of this when talking about it last week i i'm coming at it from a slightly different angle i don't have the original premium format figure uh, and I, I actually don't mind this one too much. Now, I'm not a statue collector by any means, but um, i got to be honest, being a big Green Lantern fan, I am a little tempted by this one just because mm. he is uh, one of my favourite characters and I don't mind this pose too much. And being as I don't have any statues, the yeah. one leg up doesn't annoy me um, <laughs> as much because i got no statues to <laughs> compare it against. I can see the whole thing. There's two things that... Uh, you know, I think that that 
it's hard for me to be completely objective because I have the first one, so I don't want this, so I'm inclined to then not like it, right? Um, but there's two things about this that throw me. One is the collar. Yes. Yep, yep. Because that just doesn't look like anything that rings familiar to me. Um, and now that we can see the base, I hate it. I think that base is like <coughs> the most overdone, weird-looking Thing. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'm sitting somewhere between the two of you. Um, I, it's it's certainly growing on me. Um, it's not that I I dislike the statue, and I think you know I can't remember exactly what I said last episode, but um, it, it's not that I dislike the actual you know the the statue of the pose and everything. I'm just more annoyed the fact that I've got the original. And there's a shot in the um, promo pics on the sideshow website that shows this statue with the other. Um, the other DC characters, and it kind of it looks good and it fits in. Um, I also like the swap out left hand with the light up lantern that is the sideshow exclusive. I think that's that's good that they actually kept that alive, the the, glow, the um the light up feature. But I'm I'm right with you, Scott. The two things that I can't get past are the weird ass collar, um, and I suspect that actually has been a um, a design thing because. Without it, you would have the the head sitting on top of that neck, and you'd have a seam. Uh-huh. And the one thing that uh-huh. you'll notice whenever Sideshow has swap out portraits is they do uh, a really really good job of hiding where that head joins. But there is no swap out body. portrait. Yeah. <sighs> oh no, there isn't, is there on no. this one? So there's no. no need. But it, it'll be the no. third release. The well, third the, Green I mean, the, the original, mm-hmm. the first one did not have. No, that's right. Yep. I don't think that has a separate piece on the first one. So then there's no reason to have the um, weird-ass collar. No. But then like um, you, I'm finding the base really peculiar. I'm I'm trying to – it looks like he's kind of generating some stairs with with the ring, but then you're kind of missing the whole, you know, light bit going from the ring to the base. So I'm not quite sure the reasoning behind that design. It, It looks a bit awkward. Yeah, now now you guys actually stole a couple of things I was going to get to, which was on closer looking at this. Quick man, if you haven't heard anything, like (laughs) the time, speak up or shut up. No, 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 good to chuck those in because I, I on closer inspection, started to see a lot more faults of this, and I was actually uh, maybe potentially jumping in a bit more when I was listening to your guys' episode last week on the, oh, they're being mean to Hal. That's, that's, <laughs> he's, had, he's had a hard run. and You'd think Scotty would know better since his character's Aquaman what it's like to have. But um, look, so as, as you mentioned, the collar's a bit so-so. He's standing on the top of a Mountain Dew can for this base. <laughs> um, but also it looks like he's got a waist crunch articulation. Um <laughs> added in here as well there seems to be a flattening out of his lower abs just seem to mm. disappear in detail which kind of really stand and it makes his pelvis really stand out in the eye view to me yeah. and the other thing is and this isn't the first time it's happened with a hal jordan um sculpt either is his mask almost has like these devil horn yeah. designs into it and there's this weird i don't know if they're going for just a pre-parallax phase, and I've tried to look at pictures, and it does look like his hair might even have a lighter brown around the temples, but there's something almost malicious-looking in his head sculpt, which mm. some sculpts have done with Hell here, and it looks like his costume is a bit of an older um, design one, except for that collar. It's quite interesting. But 
to how they, they persist with the metallic green. Yet I don't mm. know that it's ever been pushed as being a, a metallic. Oh, look, I don't know. I'd love to see this statue in hand um, uh, to get a, a real feel for it. I think that, that shot that shows him with the, the Trinity and Aquaman um, does look impressive and he blends in well. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, like I said last week, I think it's um, great for people that missed out on the first one. Um, and, you know, I agree it does look quite good with the other pieces, but I actually, um, and, and I do think that the original Green Lantern is on the small side mm. of the other heroes. Um, you know, like right when you put him kind of next to Superman and Batman in particular, granted he is leaning forward. I still think that they're a little bit out of scale with each other. And so yeah. if that, you know, rectifies this, it's good, but I certainly won't be swapping. Um, yeah. I, Again, with the base, um, I, I find it, I just can see a lot of QC issues with that. Mm. You know, it's got to be produced well, packed well. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah. We'll wait for Eddie to pull yeah. the trigger and then he can do a review. Yeah. Like if I was don't the, don't if, wait too long. If I was the art director <laughs> on that, I would have looked at that and gone, yeah, that is a good first attempt, but let's just kind of simplify it a little bit. Just try again. <laughs> and yes. jumping through to my next bit of news, there is no conceivable segue that I could come up with. So just what? going. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> so disappointed. Uh, I know you had yeah. a bad fortnight, but come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the segues uh, are important. We rely on them. Well, this is from someone who used to work on the Green Lantern brand. It's uh, from Toy Guru, who's taking over the Big Figs department over at Jack's Pacific. And this was news that only broke today. It was just dropped that uh, it's Blizzard convention going on at the moment uh, in the States, which is for the game developer. They have their own convention. And these are the folks that make games such as uh, World of Warcraft, Heroes of the Storm, uh, Starcraft and the like, and they just dropped the new film trailer for Warcraft, the World of Warcraft movie, mm. and that meant that uh, Jax could announce that they have a big figure of, uh, forgive my pronunciation here, Duraton uh, at right. the show, yes. who's going to be an exclusive. It's two per customers, which uh, by the time this podcast goes to air, their convention and that would have been finished, so... <laughs> Uh, you'll probably have it, be having to look at uh, the likes of eBay uh, to see if you want to pick him up. But the actual figure itself is one of those uh, troll orc-looking characters from uh, World of Warcraft. He's more of a brown colour than a green colour. But the uh, sculpt and design all throughout him and all the little details and sort of the shaman-esque things on his belts and all that really look fantastic on the figure here. So... Um, I'm assuming with this exclusive, they talk about uh, him having an exclusive banner and all that. So uh, I'm assuming the main figure will be out at retail when we get closer to next year uh, of the actual film release. And this is just a bit of a preview one. Uh, but even though I'm not a World of Warcraft player or anything like that, I do like a bit of high fantasy uh, in my toys. So I'll be very interested to see what Jax does. Uh, with the license uh, next year and whether they'll have the regular figure lines or I know uh, NECA does a lot of work with Blizzard as well, whether they'll be having yeah. movie yeah. figures out. But uh, could 
uh, be a very interesting toy line based off these, this movie next year. Oh, definitely. I think these are hugely toyrific. Like, you know, this is what toys are about. Like, that figure, for a jumbo figure, is detailed to, yeah. to mm. shit. Like, that's just amazing. And the, and that's it's a big-ass figue. It's <laughs> <laughs> not working for me as a... Um, you don't craft your turds when they come out, Scott? <laughs> what? <you> <laughs> What's wrong with you? You wow. are missing out. <laughs> you know, I actually watched the trailer for this today and, yeah, you know, it, it looked good, but m- my biggest fear with this is it's going to be one of those G-rated films. So, um, you know, when the, the movie comes out and you're watching it and there's these giant battles, you've got the, you know, the... the antagonist and protagonist, you know, right there in, in front of the camera whacking each other and then everyone in the background is just kind of going ah, and, and waving their sword around as opposed to, you know. Getting those, on with it. Well, you know, you obviously can't sh- show people having their heads split in half, you know, with axes and stuff in a, in a G-rated film and that's quite disappointing. And that was probably my biggest disappointment with the um, uh, Narnia films is that they were, they were G-rated so you had these great battle scenes with all these, you know, fantasy um, creatures and, you know, you had all these um, catapults and, and all this sort of stuff happening, but you didn't actually see anyone sort of, you know... Get hit. Yeah, basically, and, and so I'm, I'm a bit worried this film's going to go the same way. I'll be but, interested to see, apparently, there's a ton of video game Easter eggs in uh, the movie and I'll be waiting to see if someone does die in a battle <laughs> scene, whether another player will come over and do the teabag motion... <laughs> I'd hope to see like a sheep and just get and a hand just comes out of the sky and starts poking at the sheep and then it explodes. But <laughs> but this uh, is a good looking figure. I like. Yeah, it. no, very nice, and I'm uh, very much looking forward uh, to see what they might do with it. Uh, and speaking of film licenses that I am uh, very happy to see make it to Toy Form, uh, the next lot of news I have comes from our good friends at Funko, uh, and it is their pop vinyl line, and they are doing the Hateful Eight, the new Quentin Tarantino movie in pop vinyls. Now, weirdly enough, they haven't done eight figures. They've just done four, so uh, assuming there's another half of the wave uh, still to come. Uh, so you have uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Walt Goggins' character, uh, Kurt Russell's character, and I think it's Jennifer Jason Lee, um, her character as well through uh, here. And these guys look spectacular. I <laughs> don't know how the sculptor did it, but somehow with the most plain uh, Funko pop, final face you could imagine they've managed to capture Walton Goggins likeness mm. uh, on the yeah. sheriff figure here <laughs> I don't know how they've done it but they've done it somehow I'd, maybe he just looks like a pop vinyl in real life but I I love Walt Goggins I think um you know ever since yeah. I saw him in uh, the shield yeah uh, I think he's Which, amazing the, the Shield's on one of my top list of things for what we need action figures for. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really want a Vic Mackey action figure uh, more than almost anything else. And the um, the Kurt Russell uh, pop vinyl here, his moustache is just <laughs> brilliant. Like, I am wondering whether that's a CGI representation of it and these haven't been made yet, but that, that moustache just looks fantastic <laughs> if realised in the 3D form. So... Um, I, I am, I do have a bit of a soft spot for gritty westerns. It's one of my favorite film genres. Uh, so this film is definitely 
on my must-see list and uh, very happy to see you better, we're um, getting some plastic realisations here. You better uh, get these before they're banned. Yeah, I, I'm hoping there won't be the same controversy with these ones <laughs> as uh, the other ones, but because um, I, I never the, did get my hand on some of those Django ones. But I love the fuzzy <laughs> hats. Are they like what are they like coonskin caps? Yeah, or? yeah, I love it. Yeah, the the little fine work in detail in that is just brilliant. Yeah. And we've also got some more pop vinyls coming our way, and this will make uh, Patrick G very happy. We are getting some G.I. Joe pop vinyls, and these are very much based on the 80s cartoon representation of it. So, of course, being a G.I. Joe toy line, we must get a Snake Eyes, a Storm Shadow, and a Cobra Commander. And, of course, coming off the popularity of G.I. Joe, Retaliation uh, with uh, fan-favourite actor The Rock, uh, we also have a Roadblock joining them. So I think uh, Roadblock's going to be turning up more and more uh, in a lot of the uh, toys we see at G.I. Joe, and and this one's uh, yet another one. But um, I do think these guys look good. I do have to wonder. I think G.I. Joe's a line that they could do a lot of characters for and get a lot out there, but whether it's going to be one of those lines that uh, they keep getting to make more and more or whether it's one like the He-Man ones were where they get sort of one wave out and that mm. sort of bit and it goes into the obscure Funko uh, Legacy Bank after that. Uh, I think it'll be one we have to uh, wait and see. I was a bit disappointed that the Snake Eyes doesn't have his goggles, though. He's got the visor look to him. I'm always a goggles fan. What about you guys? Any thoughts on these ones? I'm happy yeah. with John. Um yeah, look, I, I'm holding back on the pops. Uh, I look at someone like um, Cobra Commander, and you know, I, I much prefer his shroud than his helmet. But um, they, they look great. Like they do look fun. I don't mind the visor on Snake Eyes, and you know, unlike a lot of pops, you know exactly who they are as soon as you look at them. Yeah, so, yeah. I got to say, it must have been one of the best jobs in the world as a action figure sculptor when you get told you have to do the pop vinyl head for Cobra Commander <laughs> with his visor. <laughs> I imagine yeah. that wasn't the longest day at work. That <laughs> yeah, you just take the faceplate off Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my last bit of news here uh, is one that's uh, person personally uh, happy for me, and that is that the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe sub, a.k.a. Masters of the Universe Classics 2.0, uh, is moving forward. So this was the sub uh, of the figures that look like the Filmation series of He-Man. Now, this was a bit debated among fans whether this one would actually make it through. Uh, Maddie's been a bit rudderless at the moment. Doesn't look like there is a bit of a uh, head to the Motu brand uh, currently. They're sort of uh, running the ship without a captain and Having this sub go up at that time, there wasn't a lot of push for it. And even among a lot of hardcore He-Man fans, there was a lot of dis- disinterest in this line. So um, we weren't too sure whether this might be the first uh, He-Man sub not to go through, but uh, has made it through. They are committing to making it. So for someone like me who's got in there and subbed up for it, uh, I'm happy to see it coming out. Evil Seed's one of my favourite characters from... Uh, Eternia Law, so he's the sub-exclusive on this one, and they've released some extra pictures of him, and I'm very happy to be getting him. Hey, he looks fun. Mm, yeah. yeah. Big artichoke head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
Sure. It looks like he'd fit in with the um, the latest round of Turtles toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he always looked like something out of Scooby Doo for me. I could see him mm. ripping that mask mm. and having uh, <laughs> old Mister Goggins from the old sawmill underneath. <laughs> so from um that we go to something that if we were doing a red card this week would have been my personal choice um <laughs> we uh funko one of the things i've said that i really like about funko is that they try lots of different things and they come up with um, lines that can be applied to lots of different properties. And I suppose when you're trying lots of different things, you're going to make some missteps. Now, Dorabs, we've talked a bit about something that I have reviewed a couple, but none of us are really into them. They're those little kind of extremely cheerful things. I think Justin said they look so happy you just want to punch them in the face. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. I think if there are two properties that I can personally think of that probably don't gel with that kind of happy Cupid doll um, look, it would be Supernatural and The Walking Dead. And we're getting both of those in Dorbs. Hooray! Is, Hooray. Yeah. And I personally think they look, they're ridiculous. The, I mean, the Supernatural ones I'll talk about first because that's a tricky one anyway. We talked about these when they did Supernatural pops in that, you know, to me, if I just saw them out of packaging, whatever, I wouldn't know who they were supposed to be. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, there are supernatural fans out there, but the, um, the walking dead ones, I really think are preposterous, you know, cause <laughs> it, it's such a dark nihilistic, you know, the whole idea of it. And then to see little doors of Rick, Daryl and Michonne, there smiling away like little, you know, well. f- Fisher Price <laughs> people. And then let's not even talk about the smiling walker. Um, <laughs> complete with a screwdriver. Screwdriver yeah. stuck in his eye. <sighs> well, we certainly know that when the zombie apocalypse hits, you know, you'll be losing your sense of humour. Clearly, won't be telling Carl jokes. Maybe <laughs> Captain <Carl>. Cheery. Carl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm not a fan of Dorbs. Period. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, well, look, I think for the same reason you just said that the cheery thing doesn't work for everything. And, and look, I don't think it even works for things like Batman. You know, he's meant to be this, you know, grim superhero and or grim vigilante or whatever. And, but I think these, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't it's know. I, I'd say, I've got to be honest, I'm at that point now that Walking Dead merchandise is just starting to become white noise to me. There's just, so many Walking Dead things out there yeah. uh, in the world. It's almost as if we're in a zombie apocalypse merchandise zombie apocalypse. Like it just keeps <laughs> yeah. flooding and expanding and it bites another thing on the shelf and then you get a Walking Dead version of that and it just spreads through that at this point I've stopped paying attention to things being branded Walking Dead. If you go back... Um, if you go back far enough in this podcast, there was an episode where in the news um, I mentioned that they had done a replica of the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. And at that time I said, hey, you know, this show seems like it has potential and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some more merchandise uh, from it. And, and I'm sure at one point we said the same thing about The Walking like Dead, that, you know, it would not be nice to see some merchandise Merch. eventually. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I, I just don't think this works. I think Dorbs, uh, you know, should stick with things like Teen Titans and, 
um, stuff like that. If mm. if they did a you know a Supergirl Dorps, it's the sort of thing you know, I'd put on my seven year old's um, Christmas list, etc. Yeah, yeah. In um, but I think yeah, for adult collectors and for a property like this, yeah. I've got to agree, it doesn't work for me. But, at all. but again, yeah. I think one of the things that Funko has really tapped into is that if people are really passionate about a particular property or character, then you know they'll they'll buy almost anything. And mm. so I guess if you know if you find things that um, people have a passion for, I mean, uh, supernatural to me, I'd, I've never really gotten into that, so I can't really talk to it. Um, but you know, even though I love Walking Dead, I don't want little smiling Daryl. <laughs> You're just waiting for the McDonald's Happy Meal version, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I dare say, even if they made a Carol Jorbs, I probably wouldn't buy it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That would be hard. Um, something that I'm definitely not in danger of buying um, is the latest <laughs> announcement from the SH Figure Arts company, um, and uh, they're doing Freddie Mercury. Hey. Um, no, not some you know comic character that happens to be called Freddie Mercury. The actual, yep. Um, yep. you know, late lead singer of Queen. Yay! Um, yay! So, um, which I mean, I think yeah, Fre- Freddie Mercury, extremely groovy, but. Do I want an action figure of him? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get on your bikes and ride. Are you, are you, are you in for this, Adam? Uh, I haven't pushed the button on it yet, but it's damn tempting. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, as soon as I saw it, I thought, yeah. And, and and then I did the same thing. I sort of went, hey, this would be awesome to have, but then what do I do with it? But I think this is the sort of thing that, that pulls in, you know, non-superhero toy collectors like a friend of mine. Um, he's not a superhero or comic fan at all, but um, he has plenty of action figures because huh. he's a fan of people like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Metallica. So he was picking up all those figures when they were coming out from, um, you know, McFarlane and, and, and people like that. So, you know, cool. he, he's a prime candidate for something like this and, yeah. you know, one of the greatest, um, you know, musical um, talents of our time. Very so. cool. Yeah, very yeah. fun. And it's really interesting to see. Now, I'm trying to work out here. Does he come with more than one head? Or yes, I think he does. Because I'm, I'm looking at the promo pictures, and there's one where he looks like his mouth is open and then one where yeah. it's not. Yeah, yep. so, he's got interchangeable faces. There you go. Oh, there you go. Very is, good. Is there uh-huh. one with a gun against his head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like in the promo shots how they've actually replicated some of those famous images. Yeah, for sure. Him. So very cool. Very, very cool. Um, something a bit different. And... Um, now, you know, Batman, speaking of those things we talked about that it would be great to see some merchandise about, um, <laughs> and, and particularly, you know, the um, really ignored uh, Batman Arkham Origins City, blah, blah, whatever, um, video games, like, you know, it's about time they got some merch, I reckon. And um, yeah. Prime One yeah. Studio has gone all out uh, with a Batman Noel from Batman Arkham Origins. Um, this is a... a Libra Mayo design, um, and um, this is going to set you back eight hundred and ninety nine. Oh, this isn't video game, is it? Yeah, it is. It, oh, it is. Yeah, okay, it is. It is. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long it's, stretch, but it is. Because then it said in this spectacular graphic novel. Um, it's um, so it's the Libra Mayo design Batman suit that. He used his design in his graphic novel, Batman Noel, 
that was an alternative skin that you could unlock by finishing the Arkham Origins game and use that skin. So it's based on the skin that you use in the video game that's based on his artwork. Okay. And, I don't feel I mean, bad about being confused then. And the game is <laughs> yeah. the spin-off of the actual Arkham series. It's not one of the Got main it. three. It's a spin-off one. So yeah. it's a very long – it's yeah. like when you're talking about one of the Scorpion King sequels that's a sequel to a prequel of a sequel of a film that's a remake. Of I need a diagram. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's I, a very yeah. long stretch to get to. I need a diagram that involves Richard Nixon in the car. Okay. <laughs> anyway. The thing to um, note about this is it's actually one third scale, I think. <laughs> is that why it's nine hundred bucks? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, these guys, Prime One, have been doing um, quite a few one third scale statues, and you know you see some of these really wacky way out sort of Batman variants, and I just sort of look and go, well, you know, I have zero interest in quarter scale let alone third scale um you know variants of of batman but you know in some of the groups i'm on uh, on facebook there's guys just going berserk over this sort of stuff they just can't wait to pre-order and you know so they yeah. prime one are selling out of, of everything they do and so. i actually find this look for batman was interesting because noel as a graphic novel like it sold but it didn't do crazy well and then the original rumors for the ben affleck outfit that he was going to be wearing in uh superman v batman it leaks uh in a lot of sources saying that it was based on the batman noel design and a lot of people started picking up that book and it became very popular just based off that rumor there for a little while people were hunting out um, Batman Noel, and I think it sort of created a false um, uh, sort of uh, like for this design, or not, I don't want to say like it, but you know, it created a buzz around this design mm. sort of artificially. Like, I actually quite like the Lee Bermejo design of Batman. I sort of look at it and think, yeah, if Batman was real, that would probably be more what he'd actually look like. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's a, a, it's a very weird um design like there's a lot of people have taken interest in it yeah. but i don't know if it's for actual love of the design i mean as ben said i think prime one studios um you know is has got a lot of popularity amongst a certain sector of um extremely cash truck collectors and <laughs> you know as much as i look at these kind of price points and i mean this is still cheaper than like xm studios etc and think wow some of these i'd love to have but i just can't you know justify that amount of money there are certainly uh, people out there collecting not just one of these, but every single one that comes out. Um, and, uh, good on them. Yeah. Um, now my last bit of news, um, is possibly, uh, Force Awakens spoilery, although not really, but just for those people that are very sensitive to that, I'm just, I'm warning you, you might want to mute for a moment. Um, Hot Toys has announced its inevitable Captain Phasma. Um, I'm torn because I'm trying not to, I'm not watching any more trailers. I didn't watch the new international trailer thing that came out. I just want to go and see the movie and enjoy it. (laughs) Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, pre-order any Force Awakens stuff because I don't, what if I don't like it? Um, but then I see something like this and think, oh, by the time the movie comes out, you know, this will be sold out. Mm. Mm. So I'm torn. Looks great. I think yeah. it looks fantastic. I, I, Scotty, I've got an idea. What you do is uh, go to Sideshow, order it, 
pay for it, but send it to my house. <laughs> and then that way, if you don't like it, you can just forget about that order and it's all and oh, you, you don't need to worry about Look, it. It won't be, I'm safe because it won't <laughs> be out until um, May uh, to July next year. So if you go the single, if you go the, um, like, you know, it's a $25 non-refundable deposit, um, not the end of the world, but it's just a big call. I haven't pre-ordered any other Fresh Awakens stuff, um, but I really am enjoying the Star Wars 1-6 scale stuff, and in fact, I'm reviewing one tonight, so it's kind of a... Uh, I love this. I, I, I just think it's stunning. I I mean, the, you know, the Stormtroopers in general, whether it's the originals or the, um, you know, the Episode 7 ones, I think are, are stunning designs. Yep. Yep. And this is just an extra step up from that. I think the the chrome or the silver or whatever you know color it's meant to be is um, fantastic. I just get that that gold Cylon leader vibe from oh, Battlestar yeah. Galactica, yeah. which yeah. you know, as if the Cylons weren't you know ass kicking um, and, and awesome yeah. looking as it was, they bring along a gold one, and you just go, well, that just takes it to another level. And um, what I was also really impressed with this figure is. Um, uh, Gwendolyn Christie is is playing the role, and she's six foot three. Mm. Um, and when you actually see the promo shot uh, of of Phasma next to the um, the First Order stormtroopers, you can see that she's half a head taller. Mm. So they have actually managed to use a buck that that includes that height. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is a stunner. And oh, geez, yeah. I tell you, I'm, I'm like you, yeah. Scotty. I just sit there and go. Nah. <laughs> I mean, like the the stormtroopers haven't really worried me. I mean, that's all we've really seen so far. That, but oh, maybe there's a Kylo Ren snow trooper. Yeah, but that didn't really. The Kylo Ren to me is such an unknown character. As you know, like it could be amazing or whatever. That didn't make me feel like I need to pre-order this. Yeah. But you know, this one. Um. There you go. Does mm. not appear to be an exclusive. No. Um. So, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um. But that is. I will leave you with that little dilemma, and I will pass on to Adam. Excellent. Well, I will talk to you exclusively about one topic and one topic only, <laughs> and that is Dragon Ball Z figure arts. So Yay. Last week. Was, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Yay. Exactly right. <laughs> So last week was um, the Tomashi Nation's 2015 event, um, and we got a good look at a bunch of uh, Dragon Ball Z figure arts we haven't seen before. So we got to see Goku from GT showing his um, orange pants and blue gi top, um, which, yeah, fine. Um, they still haven't released the Super Saiyan 4 Goku from GT. So Bastards. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, that's fine with me. I don't ever watch GT. I don't consider it canon because it was based on Toriyama's work, so that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they've shown a Kid Goku, which looks awesome. An auto pickup for a lot of people. Uh, we got to see Wiss and Beerus again. We got to see Vados and Shampa, who have only just shown up in Dragon Ball Super, which um, you can go and watch uh, fan dubs of it online, but um, it's not been released in the US yet. Uh, we got to see Angel Goku, which is kind of a weird choice for me. Um, I think he shows up pretty much in a couple of art pieces, and that's about it. I think he may have shown up in like a, an after page, like one of the spacer pages, pictures in the actual manga, and that's about it. Um, we got to see Super Saiyan Trunks. 
or um, does future trunks when he's preparing for the cell games and during the cell games. So this is going to be, I hope, a slightly taller buck than the Vegeta buck, and it looks like it probably is because it looks like the hip and pelvis area are a little bit more articulated than Vegeta's. So that looks pretty good because otherwise it would have been dead simple to just take um, a new head and slap it on an existing buck. We got to see Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta, which is another non-canon character, but fair enough. Uh, I don't think we'd seen Super Saiyan God um, Goku before, so that's another one we've got to see. So this is not Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, this is just straight Super Saiyan God. Um, so he's got the red hair, red eyes, and red eyebrows. Oh. So that's all kind of cool. Um, we also got to see um, one of the displays had Koron Tower and Koron. I'm going to assume we're never going to see Koron Tower, the same as we've never seen them release the um, the Freezer or Cap- uh, Capsule Corp spaceships. Um, Koron we might actually get to see, so he's the little cat dude. For those that aren't aware. Now, is that Corin? I had a Corin figure that looked a lot like that, but that's that's different from the one that came with Yajirobe, isn't it? That's down. Yajirobe in what line, Eddie? Uh, like the original. So back in the old school. Bundle yeah, phase. around 2000, 2001. Just he looks like he's in a very similar pose, but looks like his whiskers might be non. Actually on. sculpted there, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what that is. That could be interesting. Uh, and the last thing was that they've given us a Poranga, which is the Namekian Dragon Ball Dragon or Dragon God. Um, so we still haven't seen them announce a release date for Shenron, so I don't think we're going to see Poranga any sooner than we'll see Shenron, but awesome that they've done. And um, that's my news. Hey. Very cool. So with that, We are done with the news, and we'll come back after a short break for another instalment of Name That. Well, hidey-ho, friends and neighbors, this is John, back with another thrilling installment of Name That. Um, last time we heard a description from a catalog, and that description was... An arsenal of bombs and missiles is carried below its canard wings. Winch operates manually to lift figures out of danger. Includes pilot. And as of recording, um, nobody's got this one yet. and I still hold out hope. Uh, Hellbot managed to pick up that it was G.I. Joe, but um, he didn't know what. This is actually the G.I. Joe Tomahawk Copter, and this is from the 82 catalog. No, it couldn't have been 82. It must have been 84, something like that. And at that time, it was 1899. And, of course, the, the pilot's lift ticket. This later be issued as the Eagle Hawk. Um, so uh, if you're wondering, yeah, the wings kind of threw it off for me when I read it originally because I don't really think of helicopters and wings. But, uh, yeah, this is the, the G.I. Joe Tomahawk. So... Cool stuff, um, neat vehicle, and, you know, one of those things just made G.I. Joe cool. And, you know, well, we better do another one of these because people are seeming to like them, so we will do another one, and this one is... Join in the custom van craze with blank, blank, blank. Evil blank is featured on the black van. The white van has blank, 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 and other blank superstars vividly painted on both panels. Hmm... 
Well, there's a couple of hints in there. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but um, I remember seeing these in person. And yeah, well, maybe that's a hint, but maybe not. Anyway, if you got any ideas what these are, uh, you know, pop on over to the AFB forum. That's afbforum.com. You go find the name of that thread. You make a guess. You get it right. Um, you know, you'll you'll probably get some points. You get it wrong. Maybe you'll get some points and a clue as to what it is, and maybe you can get some more points. Either way, guessing's a lot of fun, so come on over to the forum and give that a try. If that is too hard for you, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, we play a picture version uh, with action figure accessories and shadows and all of that fun stuff. And it's just fun. Anyway, enough for now. We will say this is John saying peace out. Tomahawk holds eight Joes and it's loaded for battle. Yo, Joe! Tomahawk's gonna chase some cobras. Tomahawk is on the go. Tomahawk's gonna chase some cobra and rescue G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe! Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Tomahawk. Other Joe and Cobra figures sold separately. Yo, Joe! Well, today we have our... Massive, massive dose of Toy of the Week. We'll kick it off with Ben telling us all about his Mortal Kombat Scorpion right now. Over to you, Ben. Thank you very much, Adam. And there's some, something a little bit different from me. I remember these guys um, being shown at a, at a Toy Fair or a San Diego some time ago, and then I probably forgot about them and just happened to come across them in my local comics shop, so I decided to pick up Scorpion because he was my character of choice um, in the versions of the game that I've played. So, yes, this is Mortal Kombat, uh, the beat-em-up uh, video game that we know and love that's been around for, for gosh, 20-plus you know, years. Um, the This figure is from a wave of three, and uh, obviously Scorpion because I'm holding him in my hands, but uh, also Sub-Zero and Raiden. Now, this is Mezco. Uh, Mezco, you know, uh, probably, well, for me, best known for all their Hellboy stuff and uh, South Park and whatnot. Um, it's a 2015 release, and this is a six-scale action figure. And um, that's a pretty interesting thing to note because when I got out the tape measure to measure him, he is exactly six inches tall, right <laughs> on the dot, right to the top of that um, hood. He is six inches, so um, just over 15 centimetres. Um, when I first got him out of the package, I thought um, he, he looked a little bit small, but um, putting him up against a Marvel Legends figure such as um, the new Doctor Strange or Blizzard, which is that, um, that Bucky Cap um, buck, um, they're almost the same height. And uh, given that Scorpion is um, more than likely from the, uh, the Oriental persuasion, you know, you could forgive him for being a little bit on the shorter side. Uh, in terms of packaging, um, yeah, look, it's it's a bit of a letdown. Uh, this is old-style blister card on cardboard. Uh, it's a pretty dull-looking card. It's um, the, the cardboard is, is black, and you've got this um, sort of old-style keyhole sort of shaped blister over it. Um, very little in the way of um, decoration. You've got the Mortal Kombat logo down the bottom left, which is so small you'd almost miss it. Um, in fact, the most noticeable thing about the whole packaging on the front is um, is the title Scorpion, and then 
you've got sort of Mortal Kombat in a slightly smaller uh, font. So very, very plain uh, and simple and to the point. The back is nothing exciting, bit of a um, control art image, no indication of um, who else is in the wave, which I always think is disappointing because, um, you know, if you if you find a lone figure in the wild and, and you wonder who else is in the line, well, there's, you know, no way of telling. Um, so very, very boring um, packaging, unfortunately. Um, it does actually contain a, a two-stage tray once you actually get it open. So um, no twist tires or anything like that. The, um, the the top of the the tray actually holds everything in place. Um, not collector-friendly in the slightest. Once that sucker's off, it's done and dusted. And um, yeah, not getting that back in. Um, I did manage to get him back into the tray and put the top on. So if you really needed to, you could actually sort of hold him together in there. But certainly that um, cardboard backer is is gone. Um, in terms of sculpt, uh, my first thoughts were actually pretty darn impressive when I, I saw it. Uh, you know, this is Scorpion in that, that traditional gear. Um, he's uh, slightly more detailed than what you'd expect from, you know, the original video games. There's uh, a lot more uh, in the terms of, you know, leather straps and things like that and buckles and whatnot. And um, the sculpting is actually pretty good, and in particular the, the drapery, like in his pants, um, actually look quite good and the, the wraps around his, um, his shins and things, uh, are all really nicely done. Um, even the hood has like a slight sort of texturing on it to give it sort of a, a leather like it's a soft plastic, like a, a, a flexible plastic. So is that sort of tabbered bit that sort of hangs down over his groin. And, um, some of those straps around the side are also sort of soft rubber and have some movement. So, um, not too bad. Um, look, to be honest, the only thing that I think is a bit of a letdown is, um, is the face. Uh, Scorpion actually has a sort of a yellow face mask um, that sort of covers the, the bottom half of his face with that dark coloured hood. Um, and that is actually removable. And, and once you remove it, um, he's a pretty kind of dull looking guy. And I've been looking at it to try and work out whether it's the sculpt that lets it down or whether it's actually the pain apps that let it down. But um, it's really dull like it's just it's not very expressive it's um the way they've sort of you know painted a little bit of a color on his lips uh he almost has a, a an effeminate appearance and um the way that the black has been done to highlight the eyes uh they've done it really really fine so he's almost got this kind of beady eyed appearance like he's kind of staring at you and checking you out as opposed to being sort of enraged and ready to, to kick your butt so, um, well, for that reason, I, um, I, I've actually, you know, I prefer the, the face mask on, obviously, because it's, um, you know, the, the way the character actually looks. Um, the mask is actually true to um, the video game. So, yeah, with the mask on, you know, he does look good. But that face sculpt is just a, a little bit of a letdown, I think, given um, how good the rest of the figure is. Um, so... The, in terms of the actual plastic, um, all the flesh tones on his arms and the face uh, are all cast, so there is no pain apps on the flesh whatsoever. So you've got a pretty um, pretty sort of lifeless-looking pinky hue um, to the flesh, um, which seems a bit odd for, you know, a, a, an undead kind of guy. So I don't know. A <laughs> L- little bit on the, the dull side, I think, the, the, you know. But um, I guess moving on then to the paint, um, this is where I think the figure does actually stand out because they've really managed to get a a, a weathered look to him. And so that yellow, um, I guess, you know, whatever his, you know, his vest type thing that that covers his chest and shoulders and then sort of hangs down over the groin, um, they've actually done that a really kind of... um, 
muddy yellow and uh, I think that works actually quite well. So I'm trying to work out whether it's a sort of a, a single colour or whether they've sort of run a bit of a brown wash over it. Um, the pants as well, they've been done in a really sort of dark sort of charcoal and there's a bit of a dry brush over the top. So yeah, look, they have actually done some nice uh, enhancements to the paint. Uh, it's always nice to see those sort of little embellishments here and there. Um, where it is let down a bit is a lot of the leather straps on his forearms, biceps and all that sort of thing have buckles and they've actually tried to touch them up but that actually looks quite ordinary so none of the leather has much in the way of highlighting but for some reason just the way they've done the actual the the pants and that yellow sort of um, vest thingy um, that's what actually makes it stand out the most so uh, in terms of apps there's really not that much that I'd probably ask for other than maybe a little bit more um, detail on the flesh well there's none so you know anything's a win um, and it would have been nice just to sort of have that leather look a bit more worn given how many of the, the brown straps he does actually have um, but in terms of the the applications I'm actually quite impressed the way you know these brown straps cover a lot of other colors like they cross over the yellow tabard they cross over that sort of charcoal um vamp brace that he's got on his forearms etc um, the paint apps are actually really really nice there is next to no slop at all i mean there is some um, but compared to some of the other figures like the funko legacy uh, i'm really quite impressed with um, the actual quality of the apps like gertie was uh, was having a good day um so moving on to articulation um for a, a fighting figure which you know i i guess you want to going to you want to get a lot of sort of cool fighting poses happening um 23 points of articulation uh in the old days you know probably would have been fantastic but compared to some of the marvel legends that's probably a, a little bit of a letdown um in comparison however the the articulation that we have got is actually really really well hidden um, they've actually done a really good job on the aesthetics. The uh, the knee joint is really nicely hidden in those pants with the, the drapery. Um, the elbow joints as well are really nicely done. Um, I did sort of wriggle him around with a torso, and while he does actually have a torso swivel that allows him to, to go left and right, there is some forward and back motion, but um, there's really not a lot happening. You can't do much with it at all. So what articulation he does have is really, really nicely done. So you're actually getting a really aesthetically pleasing figure that's not being um, ruined with all this, you know, really ugly sort of articulation. However, we're actually missing uh, a lot of the ones that would actually make him, you know, which would just take him, I think, to a 10 out of 10. So, for example, he's only got um, single-jointed knees, um, and because of those sort of puffy pants, when I try to bend it back, I can't even get it to a 90-degree bend. I, I get it to, you know, maybe 50 degrees. Um, so that sort of limits, you know, the movement we can do in, in the leg area. Um, we don't actually get a bicep swivel. We actually get uh, a swivel as part of the pin and disc in the elbow, which is nice because it's hidden and it allows you to swivel his arm out, you know, left and right. But the problem is the further you go out to say the left, you know, with the left arm, it looks really awkward because the bicep doesn't move. And, and that's what I think is um, a bit of a letdown compared to some of the Marvel legends who actually have that swivel at the top of the bicep and at the bottom of the shoulder. Um, so everything else is actually pretty good. I think what really helps this figure is we're getting those Vonner ankles, as, um, as Arnie and Marjorie refer to them. Um, so we do get the sideways swivel, which, of course, allows the figure to actually stand up really, really well. So I think this is, the, you know, the, the number one most important piece of um, 
articulation and action figures. So, you know, if your figure doesn't stand up properly, then everything else is a waste of time. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's very handy. But, um, you know, look, it would have been nice to have a, a few more bits and pieces. There's no, there's no um, thigh swivel, um, no chest crunch or anything like that. So, yeah, not too bad. Um, so, the yeah, the playability, posability is fairly limited, but I guess, you know, it depends on what you want to do with it. Now, where this figure, I think, does shine is um, in accessories. And we get quite a few for a six-inch figure. Now, obviously, they've skipped the opportunity to do something like a builder figure, um, you know, do someone like a Goro, you know, and a, and a you know, spread out the, um, the pieces over a few waves. Um, what they have done, however, is you get a second set of hands. So the first set of hands are the sword-holding hands, and the second set of hands are the, the open palm ones and um, they actually swap out quite well i've, I've had those um, i've been swapping the hands over a few times and the wrist pegs um, they do start to get a, a little bit loose but they actually hold quite well uh, he comes with um, the swords that you see in a couple of the games so he's got two swords and obviously he can hold both of those um, but what he also has is his um oh, what do they call him his, his spear wrist chains um, now they're not flexible. They're just, um, you know, they're, they're sort of cast and while they look really spiffy, like they're spiraling through the air, you don't actually get any posability with those. They're, uh, they're slightly flexible, but they go back to their original position. Um, what was quite interesting is on the end of the, the non pointy end of those, there's a little, um, a little plastic ring. And I'm looking at it and I'm holding this figure and I'm sort of putting the arm up and putting the little plastic ring over his thumb going, you know, that actually looks really, really dumb. Like he, you know, it's really awkward the way he holds them. Um, and then I'm sort of looking at it as I was swapping the hands and I thought, oh, geez, I'm an idiot. Uh, and what you can actually do is when you swap the hands over, you can actually stick the wrist pegs through that little loop on the end and then put the hand back in. And so it's actually hidden inside the wrist joint. So it does actually look like the chain is coming out of his sleeve um, beneath his wrist. And um, that actually works really, really well. There's actually plenty of space to have it come out of there. So that does look quite nifty and uh, is a fun sort of feature. And lastly, so there's the two swords, the two wrist chains, the two extra hands, and his face mask is removable. And boy, is it removable. Um, <laughs> you, you only have to have a, uh, you know, a flea walk past a couple of houses away and his face mask falls off. Um, it's actually to the point now where I'm going to have to consider whether I actually glue it on because um, if I stand him up and put him down with even uh, the slightest bit of force, um, that mask just falls straight off. And um, it's a, a very small, fragile piece of plastic uh, and really, I just I don't want to lose it because of that um, that lax face sculpt. So yes, I will actually have to consider uh, gluing it on because that's a little bit disappointing. There's nothing that actually holds it in place. Like there's no sort of peg hole or anything like that. It's just I guess it's meant to be um, slightly narrower than his face, and and so that holds itself on, but it doesn't do it particularly well. So look, all up, I'm I'm reasonably impressed. Uh, with this figure, a few things letting it down, like the face mask, the um, the, the face sculpt is, is pretty lame, and, and some of the articulations a bit disappointed. Um, these will only set you back about twenty dollars if you look around hard enough, which I think is still pretty good for a, a six-inch figure. So, look, I'll take a few points off because of uh, a few of the things I mentioned. Um, I'm still a bit disappointed with that lousy packaging. I, I think the um, the window box that Hasbro's using now, and I guess even Funko with their legacy figures, should be the industry standard now. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Look, I think I'm going to give this guy maybe seven and a half dollars out of ten. Hmm. Okay, it's not too bad. No, I've seen these in person. If I was going to buy any, I'd buy the the Raiden. Um, but that not not my thing. But certainly, just looking through the packaging, they seem decent quality. You know, yeah, Med- yeah. Medesco is one of those companies that. I can't quite get a feel on for what it is that they really do well. Like, you know, yeah. I'm mean, not, not saying I think they do bad stuff, but, yep, yep. um, yeah. So just yeah. to kind of see someone else producing figures at this scale, I think is a, is a positive thing. Yeah. And look, I, I actually like this enough that I'm, I'm tempted to pick up, um, Sub-Zero and Raiden and, and a, I, I think once I get him, once I get Scorpion with, um, you know, his mortal enemy and, and of course Raiden with those really cool, um, you know, energy attachments. Uh, I think I'm actually going to like this guy a lot more. So I think I'm, you know, retrospectively looking back in hindsight, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd probably bump the uh, the Dolly score on this one. So we'll see how we go. Hey. Okay, cool. That's excellent. Oh, that's the first toy of the week down, and uh, we will come back after a short break to feed our addiction. The signal goes out. The ferocious feline is on the prowl. But Bruce Wayne's custom coop is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coop. Other figures sold separately. Well, after that break, we're back with Feeding Addiction. We're all here because we like to collect our action figures and statues and whatnots. So uh, this is a segment where we take time to find out what everyone's bought and or pre-ordered for the last week or so. Let's start off with Eddie. Yay. Uh, so this week, what did I get in? I got in my October Masters of the Universe Classic order, which included Perfumer. Um, Ceratus, who's like a good guy version of Whiplash, and what I'll be talking about later on, which is my Flying Fists and Terracor, Skeletor, and He-Man. But uh, Perfumer, i got to say, is an interesting one. Do you guys have too many action figures that you've opened up out of the box and just continually smelt? <laughs> uh, no. Because she's got this really... I can't, I can't put my finger down what in, but she's got a very perfume smell to it, and it, it's actually a very nice kind of smell. It's actually kind of addictive. I'm worried it's that type of thing they put in bingo pens or. So is it a, de- <laughs> is it a deliberate thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, bingo it's like uh, Mossman or Stinkor, where they've added oh, okay. so the actual, it's actual plastic gimmick. itself to give it that scent. But she's got this big flower bazooka gun with this giant rubber rose type thing at the end and it really packs a wallet but like i could smell it through the actual packaging when i just opened up the box for it without (laughs) even opening the one you could get this woof of perfume smell coming (laughs) off of it and it's just this yeah it's this really weird sweet flowery scent that's very nice so i keep just picking up her gun and putting it under my nose and (laughs) being being very high with the world so it's uh, an, an, an interesting experience I haven't really had uh, with a figure before. I also, just in a weird 
Uh, Halo phase, I picked up the new Halo game, uh, played that, um, which was a fun couple of hours before it suddenly ended. Um, but I picked up a Halo Mega Bloks. Um, just had a little elite inside that packet. That was just a little sh- uh, grocery store find. And also, if you remember a while ago during the infamous uh, Force Friday when the Star Wars figures uh, launched out, I went to one of the midnight openings at Target where there was nothing on the stands and I got in a bit of a Twitter back and forth with Target Australia here which resulted in them sending me a direct message saying, look, we promise that uh, Star Wars Black Series will be on our shelves come November. And i got to give credit where credit's due. Yet last night I was in a Target store and I found from Series 2 Poe Dameron and Constable Zuvio. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's just a guess at this point. But I found them on the shelves. So, look, i got to give credit where credit's due. It wasn't a great Force Friday, but uh, (laughs) they did actually keep to their word and seemingly get these uh, figures in. So It must have pissed off the Australian retailers when this whole, you know, Force Friday, it's going to be a worldwide thing, and you can just hear the Australian retailers going, yeah, thanks a fucking heap, you know, our stuff's coming by Sea Turtle. Yeah. No, definitely so. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's nice to uh, see that. And I believe, Ben, you had a bit more luck than even I did. Yeah, I did. I was um, at my local Big W, which is kind of our version of um, Walmart, and uh, I was there for a completely different reason. And any time uh, I have to go to one of those department stores for something that is not toy-related, I still swing past the toy aisle. And uh, um, I was walking through my Big W just going, this is even more pathetic than usual. Like there's you know, um, a few bits and pieces from uh, The Force Awakens, but but not much. And really quite disappointed. And um, so then I headed off to get what I was there to get. Uh, and I was walking down past where all the, the media is, like the, the DVDs, Blu-rays, video games, etc. And then next to that was a monstrous Star Wars display. Um, absolutely huge. I can't remember the last time I actually saw um, such a, a, a big setup for to tie in with a film. And they had so much stuff. So that's where they'd moved all their Lego to, all their mashes, um, those giant, you know, the jumbo figures. But there was, um, you know, cups and coasters and posters and pajamas. Um, it was, it was a huge, huge display. And what was also really bizarre is they had a few other things, including, um, the Walking Dead merchandise you know, at BW, <laughs> which I thought was really peculiar. So I, I was wandering around and, um, I was just sort of going, oh, okay, well, you know, what a surprise, no six-inch figures. And um, and they had tons and tons of everything. And then right at the very end um, of one particular shelf, uh, sort of hidden behind some mashes, were four of the, the six-inch black figures. Um, and there was some uh, Finn, uh, Poe Dameron, the Guavian Enforcer, and uh, Constable Zuvio. And so I decided that, since I just haven't seen these figures uh, in the flesh anywhere, um, they all sold out. You know, the, the first wave sold out everywhere. I decided to pick them up. And, of course, I got them home, and they're all sitting with their spines facing me. And what do they have on the side of the box? Number. These big-ass, gigantic numbers, 
and I'm just sitting there looking at 1789. And I'm just going, and I just started to twitch. And so then, then I, I had to look up, you know, two to six to see um, what, what was, I mean, I had a rough idea of who was in there. Um, and now I feel almost compelled to, uh, yeah, pick up two, three, four, five, and oh, six to, to fill in that gap. I mean, if, if the numbers hadn't have been so significant and I didn't notice them, I would have been fine. But, um, but anyway, it was a nice, a nice score. Ben. That yes. that might be the reason why I eventually went back and picked up the Chewbacca, <laughs> even even though it's like a slight change on the Chewbacca that we already have. It's just a new head sculpt, a new bandolier, and a new crossbow. But it's a better that, better that, head sculpt. It is. It actually is. Um, but yeah, that five was really drilling me. <laughs> not knowing. I hear that. I hear that. So I'll be on the hunt now. <laughs> Excellent. That's the Wookiee win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that was my week. Excellent. Oh, I myself managed to land my Lego ATDP um, from Lego Star Wars things. Uh, I pre-ordered my Figure Arts Beerus, um, and I finally came and got onto the um, Bandai Shodo Dragon Ball Z figures, so they're like three and three-quarter, four-inch Dragon Ball Z figures. So I've... Um, Back ordered the, la- the first two lines of those, and I've pre-ordered the next line. And that's me, Scott. Wait. Anything for you? I I completely failed to collect this week. <laughs> mm. yeah, I've got stuff waiting for me at All Star Comics. I didn't get there. Um. So, yeah, nothing. No pre-orders. Just work, work, work. <laughs> Hang your head in shame. Bastard. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, we demand you do better next week. I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to add Scott pre-ordered that Captain Phasma for me. That's why he sent me the kissy face. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got rewarded with uh, all my sexting and he's um, pre-ordered the Green Lantern statue for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you guys are delusional. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, if no one else has... Uh, pretend and imaginary things that Scott's bought them, we'll come back with our second toy of the week. <laughs> Armor up, Iron Man! Engage interlock mechanics! Armor up, War Machine! That's Critical B! Attach from battle computer module! My brain blast will make scrap metal of you! Not in this lifetime, Morak! With my rings, I rule the land and sea! Just undersea dome! Machine, Hydro Armor, Iron Man, and action figures, each sold separately. Well, back from the break, we now go over to our second toy of the week for the week. And, Eddie, I'm passing it to you. Yay. Uh, so, for my toy of the week, I have the Masters of the Universe Classics 2-pack featuring Flying Fist He-Man and Terraclaw Skeletor. Uh, so I was very excited to get these guys uh, in the mail. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a bit of a reputation uh, on this podcast as not being much of a vintage fan, uh, which which is a something that's been given to me more than uh, my own choice, uh, uh, mainly because well, I'm such I might a... have to actually play a sound clip where you say, I hate vintage things. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to kind of 
um, address that accusation. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do uh, have some vintage uh, toys that were <gasps> hand-me-downs uh, that I got from my cousins. <laughs> and I did get a whole bunch of Masters of the Universe toys. Uh, from one set of cousins, and in that my He-Man and Skeletor were the Flying Fists He-Man and the Terraclaw Skeletor, uh, never with the weapon accessories. I never had any idea what they actually looked like, but these were my He-Man and Skeletor hmm. uh, growing up, essentially, uh, and the ones that I played with. I did have a Thunder Punch He-Man, but his uh, O-ring broke um, fairly quickly on, oh, so I hate when that happens. Uh, it was mainly Flying Fist, who I've now uh, worn off most of the vac metal of his chest, and uh, his nose is semi bitten off, and one eye has his cover <laughs> worn away. Uh, weirdly, though, well. Skeletor's in almost perfect condition, so I, I assume Skeletor must have won most of the battles. Uh, there that I was playing. So I was very happy to get these guys uh, in the mail. They're, of course, from Mattel. Uh, the year of release is this year, 2015. And they're very much your Masters of the Universe classic uh, figures here in terms of the action figure. We've reviewed a lot of these over the podcast, so you have a fairly good idea of what you're getting here. Uh, the box type, it's a slightly larger uh, box than the regular figures. It's more aligned to the box that Battle Cat came in. Still has that classic green grey skull uh, brick design into the layout bio uh, on the back, a nice bit of yellow on the inside. Uh, it's very collector friendly, this one, as opposed to most of the single carded blister packs. Uh, you can slide the tray out, get the figures out quite easily, and slide them back in. Uh, in terms of the sculpt, you almost know exactly what you're getting here. It's the exact same He-Man and Skeletor buck that we have gotten before in the past. Uh, the only real differences here are the accessories that they come with and their armor piece. So He-Man comes with a, a nice uh, complete chest covering piece. Now, it's not vac-metaled in this one like it was in the vintage toy. It's just a very nice silver paint. Uh, originally, I wasn't a big fan of this. Uh, I really did hope that they would give us the vac metal look, but now I've actually got it in hand and I see how shiny of a silver paint they've got on here and how evenly coloured it is. Uh, it does look very nice, and it's got a very nice matte red uh, for the H symbol on the chest, and the contrast between those two works very well. I do also last like he's got this um, textured pattern in his lower back of his armour, uh, that looks like it's just a bit of a strip chain or something across the back here, but it's actually very reminiscent of the little thumb point that you would put your finger on on the vintage toy to turn him around to get his fists flying. So I do like that they've kept that in the sculpt here on the armour. Now with Skeletor, he's got uh, what's affectionately termed to as his um, sort of boob tube uh, sports bra look armour going on here. Uh, with, so he's got a very bare midriff, which he did have in the toy. Uh, now, this actually always bothered me a little bit with uh, Skeletor um, toy. Not so much because it's uh, the midriff showing, but he's got an exposed neck that then leads up to a hood. And that just always used to annoy me <laughs> as a kid, that the hood just never connected to the rest 
um, there. And it was the exact same with the Dragon Blast uh, Skeletor. So it is very in keeping with the original vintage toy. But, yeah, something that always uh, bothered me there. Now, the original uh, vintage toy had a red peg that you could stick into his back that would hold onto uh, his sort of dragon uh, blast gun uh, snapping weapon. Uh, this one does have that same red thing, but it's permanently uh, locked in. And one of the few places they've actually changed from the original is the Skeletor uh, for his uh, groin piece actually has that sort of classic Skeletor um, uh, belt here with sort of the Roman tassel leather design coming down, whereas the vintage toy actually just had the furry shorts uh, look on him. So this is one place that they've changed and haven't gone uh, with a new piece there, which not quite sure what why they would have done that because they do have obviously the uh, furry shorts in the arsenal uh, there to pull out news and it would have just been the same repaint but uh, might just be that it's part of the same tool as the rest of Skeletor's bits so it was easier to go with that one uh, but it's still painted in the exact same colours there as the original one. Now the paint is actually very nice on these guys. Uh, there's very little sloppiness going on whatsoever uh, throughout any of them. In fact it might be the best he-Man face sculpt I've got painted through here. All the lines are where they're meant to be. There's no sort of uh, paint, particularly on his eyebrows. They're not in the wrong spot, so you've got the line above the eyebrows. <laughs> uh, and his hair is very basic but has a very nice light wash, just ever so lightly, but almost um, unrecognisable, but it is in there giving him a great bit of look. So a uh, very big fan of the paint here. And his boots as well have that white tip on top of the boots, which I really like uh, going on there. My one dislike with the paint is it's a very big nitpick in comparing it to the original vintage, which is the vintage Skeletor has sort of green on the outside of the skull and it gets more yellow in the centre whereas on this toy it's yellow on the outside but then gets more green as you get into the centre of the skull. So it's a little back and forth there, but um, I can definitely say it's just a style choice in the way that you choose to interpret uh, that through there. Now in terms of articulation, uh, it's once again the exact same sort of articulation we've seen before here with these figures. You're not getting any surprises. Uh, you know, you've got sort of the arms, the leg, chest crunch, head on a removable ball joint so you can swap the head joints over. Uh, you got the twistable ankles, the knees, uh, all the same ones we've seen throughout time here on the Masters of the Universe classic uh, buck. Uh, very poseable. None of their armour gets in the way or anything like that at all. I do have a very tight joint on my He-Man shin that I'm yet to be able to move. I might need to do a bit of a freezer job. Uh, on him um, at some point, just put him in the freezer, harden up the plastic because I'm a little worried about forcing it at the moment. But apart from that, they are all got great uh, movements on them. In terms of the accessories, we got uh, pretty much the accessories that the original ones came with. So with Flying Fist He-Man, he's got his ball spinning rod thing here 
Uh, is that the technical it, term for that? The yeah, ball, it's ball very hard to thing? explain yep. what this is without something <laughs> like I'm working at Club X uh, and the toys available there. But, um, yeah, it might be one better to say uh, visually there. He's also got a shield that has a spinning layer on it. I don't know what tactical advantage uh, that would be. It would seem like it would be heavier and require a motor, but... It's got a nice bit of a spin uh, on it there, if you like spinning things. Uh, and he comes with uh, probably one of my bigger disappointments of the pack. He has his classic power sword here, but it's just a flat grey colour. There's no extra colouring on uh, here. It's just the one plastic piece, which they have done a couple of times here with Motu Sui to save some money. And it just it just looks fairly plain. We've gotten much better uh, power swords here in the past, and I do have a gold power sword that was included with the DVD set that I might actually replace this one for because it's the same gold um, on certain bits of his armor and that here, and it might just suit him better than just having this very flat grey coloured one. With Skeletor, I gave it a bit of a mention earlier. You've got sort of this snapping robo-dinosaur skull weapon piece that he had, and, of course, his uh, titular weapons, which is his terror claws. Now, uh, the terror claws, they look great on some angles where you're seeing uh, all of the terror claw sort of covering his hand and they've got little clips to clip it on the side. Uh, but then at other angles, you can see it's quite open and where his hands are just sliding into these sort of glove things on the side. And some of the original talk was that these were going to be um, solid cover ones or even swappable hands that you'd peg on. Um, so you could look at it from all angles, but... Uh, they're not so, depending on the angle you got it on, they do look quite good, but they always tend to have the uh, palm facing down then um, if you're having that so you're not sort of exposing his hands on the inside. Um, all in all, I am a, a fairly big fan of these. Uh, the only reason I'm not going to give them a greatly high score, I'm going to give them $7 out of 10 uh, is because it's a lot of things we've seen before. You're not getting a lot of surprises uh, in here. If you're buying them, you know pretty much exactly what you're going to be getting um, here. Uh, but uh, I do quite like them. I'm very happy to have them on my shelf. We're only three figures away now, I think, from completing the original 80s roster lineup. So uh, it's getting very close to the end, and these are ones I've wanted on since near the beginning. So happy to have them in there. Uh, I did shoot a bit of a video of them and load them up onto YouTube. So if you jump onto YouTube, search out Eddie3429. That's Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, 3429. Um, you can have a look at my ones as I give them a bit of a twist around and compare them to the original one. So keep an eye out for that um, if you want a bit more of a visual look. But, yeah, a great addition through there to my Motu shelf. Nice. Very good. So compared like, compared to the, the originals, which yeah. one would you rather play with? Uh, uh, in... You mean the vintage originals? Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably these ones because they've got better articulation. So okay. I could pose them all through. Whereas it always kind of bothered me, and then this is going to be me on my vintage hate again, is because of the action feature. <laughs> You'd move them and their arms would move with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, as much as I've got fond memories of these, they also shit me a lot as a kid because I could, I'd could, i go to pose He-Man doing something and then his other arm is moving around and doing something else in the background that wasn't working with the story. Uh, that I was perfecting at the time. Uh, so little uh, little run through there. But, 
Yeah, no, oh, I wish I had my Moto C figures as a kid. I'd, I'd have just gone nuts seeing all these different toys and characters and all the articulation and that. I'd, I'd never would have left my room or gone to school or anything. I'd just sit there. <laughs> so you said that um, your vintage He-Man had a bite mark in it? Yeah. Can you can you illuminate us on how that happened at all? Or well, is, is this a human bite mark? Or I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably know... Like, I'm not scared of telling an embarrassing story <laughs> on the podcast. I have very little shame left in the world to give. But, um, so please believe me when I say that I've got no memory of actually doing it or how that came to be, what horrible circumstances okay. led to that. But I did actually just find out, um, for those of you who are interested, um, just so we don't get flooded with the emails, if you are curious, um, the Black Series BB-8 actually fits perfectly into Skeletor's Terraclaw here, and he can hold <laughs> him out. It's it's like it's designed to actually sit in the palm of the Terraclaw hand. It's the 100% yeah. exact shape. So I'm quite sure that you've saved us from answering a lot of questions about yeah, that. I knew that would yeah, be coming. Yeah, sure. yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, with that done, we will move on to our third toy of the week after a short break. Look out, it's Jackie Chan! Oh no, Shadow Gun! I have to split! Seal round! With Jackie Chan, the high octane martial arts never stops! Shadow Gun come fly! What goes up must come down! Action packed figures from Jackie Chan Adventures, each sold separately. Well, next up on our Mega Toy of the Week show, it is Adam's turn to review. Hooray! Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Yay! So, today I was kind of out and about, and I realized I don't have any Star Wars Lego, and so I'd correct that. Um, went to a local Kmart, um, found out their selection sucked anus, and then Ooh. went over to Target <laughs> and found original selection. Um, and I grabbed myself this Lego Star Wars ATDP. And all the jokes we're going to think of, yes, I've already thought of them myself. So this item came out this year. I obviously acquired it this year, so it's a 2015 for both. It's um, made by this, this French company you might have heard of called Lego. I don't know. Are you sure it's Lego and not Lego? Yeah, I think they no. make pasta. I don't... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So anyway, I hadn't heard of them before, and yeah. uh, here we go. Um, it is... Not really fitting into our normal categories of statue, action figure, vinyl, etc. So I will go with it's a Lego set, and there you go. Mm. Um, it went for about eighty bucks, I think. Yep, that's about right. Um, and was easily acquired. The packaging is a sta- fairly standard Lego box. So you know you've got your your big picture on the front, uh, a couple of small pictures on the back. Shit. Um, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's somewhat reusable. Obviously, the, the Lego pieces come in your collection of plastic bags that you tear open and are numbered and whatnot. Um, and the, with, as with all the modern Lego boxes, you have like little thumb punch bits that you thumb punch a hole to pull out the flap because kids can't use a proper flap on a box. Okay. Um, I reckon this one's about a, a two-hour job. 
it's about what it took me. I was busy watching Lamies at the time, so mm. um, it's entirely possible I could have done it faster if I focused, but that's the way it goes. Um, and it's a 500-piece set, which is a reasonable uh, piece count, but as with, I think, a lot of the Star Wars-type sets and some of the vehicle-type sets, um, a lot of the pieces are small, fiddly bits, like they're not good, big, proper, solid bricks you could build a house with and whatever else. And there's a lot of um, pieces that you're probably never going to use anywhere else ever again unless you want to build, like, a house that shoots lasers at people and stuff, which kids would, but I don't think too many adults are probably designing those things. Um, Putting it together, so the first thing you put together is the, I guess, the head part or what I consider the head of the um, ATDP, which for those that are unaware, it's pretty much an ATST um and just get over yourselves, um, which wasn't too hard. You put together kind of the, the base seats where your, your minifigs will sit, and then you put together um, the sidings and the roof and put it all together, and that's fine. Um, the roof lifts up and back, and it also has a hatch in it for people to go in and out of. Uh, you, ca- you have four minifigs, so you have um, two kind of um, ATST slash ATDP walker type guys um and i've got those guys sitting in the controls and driving the thing you get a fairly standard looking stormtrooper guy um and you get some other black looking guy as in his outfit is black not he's a a, um an african-american um there you go i have no idea what his name is um and i have those two guys popping out of the hatch um shooting things and going pew pew uh when you then finish the base that the head sits on, um, which is kind of, I guess, the platform for the legs to attach to, you get a bit of a, a um, one of the cross pieces that you can fit through uh, other pieces. And I've found that that one has an interesting attribute in that it likes to stick in the head, and therefore, when you if you try and pick this up by the head, you will only be picking up the head, um, which is a little bit irritating as far as carrying it. But sure, whatever it works. Um, it has a, a big cannon on the front of it, which is interesting because the ATSTs that I remember having cannon-type things at the front um, were the cannon being further back. So this clearly means that my Star Wars knowledge is getting somewhat dated um, and that therefore I'm missing vital knowledge about design of Star Wars tech. But there you go. The legs themselves are actually quite well put together. Um it's a bit confusing, like if you just following the instructions, it's not clear as to what you're actually going to be, which end is which, until you get to the point where you build the feet and put those on. And then you kind of go, oh, okay, sure. I thought I was doing it the other way around. Um, the frustrating thing is that for something that's designed to be a walker, there's only one point of articulation in the leg, and that's up at kind of towards the hip point. Um, so you can't actually bend the legs and, you know, pose it a bit better if you do that you're going to end up with pretty much just tilting the torso or you're going to end up with this thing that doesn't balance and it'll fall over uh, so i found that was a little bit disappointing uh what else is worth talking about uh obviously you get um a few decals to put on or stickers more than decals i managed to apply those without um stuffing it up which is good for me um so i'm happy with that there's not really any paint to talk of there's a couple of places where parts have pre-printed paint, um, and that's not just minifigs 
but you know it's nothing spectacular and it's pretty much impossible to stuff it up so that's fine i won't really comment on that anymore um the other thing that's a bit annoying so there are two spring-loaded bricks um that you align so that you have these nice laser beams that shoot out the front of it which is good except that when you turn the head because the head turns um, if you turn it too far, it pushes on the back of the laser beam, which forces it to fire out, and you shoot yourself in the face or the chest or the throat or whatever else. And so I've only done that three or four times by accident today, um, which is a bit frustrating. Um, and, you know, I don't know what, what most people do about it. I'm probably just going to end up putting it somewhere and have it walking down the main street of our Lego city and try not to turn it too much. Um in terms of accessories, you know, you've got the, the four minifigs um, and the peel peel lasers that shoot. And other than that, you're not really getting much in the way of accessories. You get uh, the standard decent-sized Lego set um, brick crowbar type thing. Uh, it's the second version of that that we've had, which is a bit easier to use than the first version. Uh, and that's about it, apart from, you know, the handful of small parts you're likely to have lost um, having extras for those, which was okay. Um, so yeah, overall it's a pretty good set. Um, I think you'd want to have another set to go with it so that you don't just have a bunch of Imperial dudes. You probably want some Rebel dudes to come and try and blow this thing up, um, which is fine. You know, it would have been nice to have maybe one or two on like a small speeder or something and chuck the price up to say 90 bucks, but I guess they've got a, a reason they did it the way they did. Um, so overall, Dolly rating, I'd probably say this is about an 8 out of 10. Mm, very nice. Mm. I'm impressed it only took you two hours to put together because <laughs> I'm, le- I'm Lego disabled, so... Yeah, I have plenty of practice. Yeah. Or plenty of adulthood practice of complicated <laughs> sets. Particularly for me, the hardest thing is distinguishing dark grey from regular grey in the pictures. Yeah. So, like, looking at how much grey there is in this, this would have been a nightmare for me. That one's a pain, and um, the dark grey and black is always a pain as well. Yeah, or shiny grey and matte grey, I can never tell the difference of in the picture, unless yeah. I'm really concentrating. Yeah. I also made the mistake of um, trimming my nails before I went shopping and bought Lego, so <laughs> um, at least I didn't have... I, at least I didn't make mistakes and have to pull pieces apart, so that was good. Mm. Hmm. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. Um, we have one toy of the week to go, and we will take a break and come back with it. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh no! It's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin! Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures out now. Well, we're now into our, the final leg of our Toy of the Week Bonanza, and Scott, I'm handing over to you to bring it home. Why, thank you very much. I have been enjoying collecting uh, various Star Wars um, original trilogy 1-6 scale figures. I have uh, sold my Star Wars Black 6-inch and um, stopped collecting some other things to make this one of my collecting areas of focus and have not been sad so far mixing and matching hot toys and um sideshow depending on 
the character and whether or not I think it's likely to come out as a sideshow piece, etc. So tonight I am reviewing the sideshow uh, Star Wars Scout Trooper. So this is the Return of the Jedi. Um, I always called them a biker scout. I don't know mm, why. Me too. <laughs> um, but, but they're... Um, the Scout Trooper is the official terminology for it. Um, this came out, uh, earlier this year. It's been sitting waiting in the review queue. And there is a, uh, Sideshow exclusive version, which is the one that I have. And there is a speeder bike, uh, piece as well, which I do not intend to buy because, you know, children and eating and all that, blah, blah. <laughs> um, uh, but, a lot of my, um, I think, you know, nostalgia for Star Wars is, um, around the original Kenner toys. Cause that, you know, I'm that age, I had them all. And, you know, there's certain figures that you, that you just enjoy playing with. And the, um, Scout Trooper, uh, was one of them for me. There's just something about the kind of, you know, funny, um, helmet, uh, that, I just, you know, liked the look of as a kid and in my imaginary Star Wars games, um, he always kind of had a, a part to play. So, you know, I haven't been getting every Stormtrooper iteration of the sideshow, um, or Hot Toys stuff. Uh, but this was one that I knew that I would definitely want. I pre-ordered him right away when he came out. So this is a, um, six inch scale and he is a 12 inch high figure. Um, he comes packaging wise in the pretty standard sideshow Star Wars six scale, um, box. It is uh, one thing I did notice, um, in unpacking this, uh, it comes with the, the brown mailer box, but then instead of just the, um, pretty useless plastic bag around the actual figure box, this actually came with bubble wrap, a bubble wrap bag around it. So a bit more protection, which is much appreciated. So arrived in perfect condition. And it is, if you've never seen them, um, they're a kind of, uh, black and gray design box with just two different images of the character repeated, um, on the, the front and back and then on the sides. And then there's a window box that opens up, um, and, uh, you can see then the character inside. Um, when you open the box up, there are two plastic trays in this, um, which is you know, that kind of standard stackable tray, um, structure that we've, I've become quite used to in unpacking these. And when you open them up, the first tray has, um, the actual figure in it. And then it has the, um, the extra hands and the exclusive, uh, E11 rifle that I'll talk about in a moment. And then the bottom tray has got, uh, the base with a couple of, uh, pieces, um, that I'll describe the stand and then an extra pair of boots and his tiny, teeny, tiny little, extremely losable, I think, um, little blaster rifle. Now, when you open this up, one of the, I've commented with the Hot Toy Star Wars stuff that they seem to be coming on a standard sort of base. It's like a vent thing, um, with the super helpful nameplates that just love ever so much. And, um, I really, after 
opening up this piece and putting the stand together, I really prefer the sideshow character specific stands. Um, so this one comes with a, a, a black, what is it? A hexagon. Um, and with the little character support in it, but then it has little pieces that attach around it that give you a bit of that indoor forest feel. And there's actually a few pieces to it because there is the large piece that clicks onto the hexagon, but then it has two kind of little log pieces that click into it. And so it actually provides you not just with some, uh, a diorama feel, but with a bit of, um, height so that you can do Ben's favorite pose with the, you know, one knee up thing. Yay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, it just kind of makes it a bit more interesting. So, um, you know, I think that that's something I'm definitely preferring in the sideshow Star Wars stuff to the hot toys stuff is that character specific base. In terms of what this guy comes with, um, he has got the standard, uh, they call it the Prometheus body, um, the helmet, obviously, and then he's got the black, a black bodysuit on, um, with quite a number of pieces of armor on it, all of which appear to be removable. And I'll talk about some of the challenges with that in a moment. The, so that includes, uh, the chest armor, the back armor. It's got right and left shoulder armor, right and left upper arm armor, right and left forearm armor, right and left knee armor. Uh, he's got his belt with the detonator. And then he comes with all up three sets of hands, which are hands in gloves, and then two sets of boots. So the hands now, I'm never one to complain about numbers of hands, uh, but there's actually, I think, a little bit strange with this one that he comes with, they call them C-grips, which are, I think, really designed for him holding on to the handles of the speeder bike. So not, mm, su- mm. not super useful if you're not displaying with the speeder bike. That's what he comes packaged with. Uh, then he has got a... Uh, a left finger pointing. So if you need him to point to anything, it's super useful, <laughs> but kind of, or pick his you know, nose, but kind of a little bit weird. And then he actually comes with, uh, two different trigger fingers, uh, hands, right hands for either the blaster or the rifle. So, which is, you know, clever. Um, but I found myself actually missing just fists. Mm. Um, you know, and again, I, I thought I was sort of doing it. I thought, I can't believe I'm going to complain that not enough hands, but you know, for just in terms of your kind of display options. Yeah. Or a relaxed hand. Yeah. This, or you kind of got, you, you kind of got a relaxed C grip. And they call it, the, the, they call it the large C grip. So, mm. you know, the small, the small C grips are the ones that are really designed for the bike, I think. And then the, the large C grip is the one where you can kind of, um, bend the fingers but it's not a fist and so it's just a bit uh just a bit of a surprise but i guess you know that's where they they've saved some um cost in the figure because i think this would have been there's quite a few individual pieces here to make um sculpt wise uh really beautifully detailed the uh i'm sure if john was here he could nitpick the (laughs) uh the, the, the costume in a way that I can't. 
um, because my brain doesn't look at details in the same way. But for me, that, that's not a criticism. That's a good thing. It's just, you know, different, different things. I kind of look at it and go, huh, cool, biker scout. But John would go, yes, but. Um, but there is an element that I know that John would be really happy about. And that is that there is a uh, very nice weathering on the boots. Um, so when you get to the, the, um, boots, both sets of them, um, one, which are just the standard, uh, boots or they call them standing boots. And then there's action boots, which are kind of, you know, heels again, I think really designed more for the, the bike. Um, but that's, that's fine. But they've obviously, you know, they've been out in the Andorian forest and they've been standing in Andorian dirt and it shows because there's some of it on their, um, their boots. So John, John would be happy. The, uh, gear wise, the little rifle, which is very screen accurate, but it is incredibly tiny. Um, and you kind of look at it and go, I can't really see what use you would get out of that. That's, that real pew pew. Um, <laughs> but he can hold it. And then he does have an ankle holster that it fits into, which is where mine is living. And then, um, I'm really glad I got the exclusive because otherwise weapon wise, this would have been pretty lame. Um, but with the, the E11, um, long rifle is a uh, very cool and has got a strap so it can be, you know, hung on his back or he can hold it. And because of the different hands, he can hold it with both hands, which is obviously, uh, useful. And, um, you know, he can, there's quite a few nice poses with it. Um, negatives, not very many, uh, but one is that, uh, like the, um, stormtroopers, there isn't a, you know, a head underneath. It's just the helmet on a peg. Um, he's got no head with the, Stormtroopers, because of the size of the helmet and how far it comes down, that's really not an issue. But with um, this guy, it does mean that uh, his head is a little bit loose on the on the body. So pose wise, um, it's still very you know flexible pose wise, but um, it, it's a little bit hard to kind of get him to hold exactly the pose that you want if you want him looking up, etc. Because there's just a bit of a wobble there, and um, you know, I think maybe a little bit more padding or something in there just to not have that kind of hollow feel to it um, would have been useful. Um, one of the challenges of you know they've gone to the detail of having the uh, pieces of his armor all be separate pieces that strap on is that, I mean, there is some limitation to how much you can actually move his arms up and down, um, because they are separate pieces. And the more that you do, the more that they then kind of get, um, a little bit, uh, gummed up and hard to manage and get back into the right place. So mine has got some little shoulder pad issues that, I guess need to be sorted out once I kind of decide on a final pose, but that's pretty nitpicky. Um, he does come with the, they call it the cummerbund, which is the, um, the kind of padding in the middle of his vest with his bizarre pouches. I suppose you'd need them in that position if you were sitting on a bike. Um, often in, I guess in the films and I've had a bit of a look at it, the pouches are kind of more of a, canvas looking material, but on this cummerbund, it's all white. It's all the same material. And I assume that was just a cost saving, um, thing. But if you were a 
a purist obsessed with screen accuracy, I think that could bother you. It doesn't really worry me. Oh, I just mm. dropped his highly losable tiny <laughs> blaster. Just, just to demonstrate. Just fell out of his little ankle holster. Um, I, I can't really complain about anything else about this. Um, I am going to dock him a point for the wobbly head because I kind of think that's a bit, you know, something that... I yeah. just wonder sometimes if the people that really design these spend enough time that spend enough time actually playing with them <laughs> to go, hmm, is it, oh, maybe wobbly is unfair. It's just very loose. And so it makes it a little bit challenging, um, to manage. Uh, but it's, it's a solid nine dollies for me. This is great fun. Um, you know, even, even without the, the bike, like I don't feel any, I, I really love this figure. I'm looking forward to putting him with my little growing display. I don't feel any need to have the bike because he's still really cool. Oh, that was the blaster falling again. There you go. <laughs> Just really demonstrating. Um, it's very tiny and highly vacuumable as well. If you, um, so make sure that it, <laughs> I would like it to live a little bit more firmly in the ankle holster, I think, uh, to avoid that. Uh, yeah, $9 out of 10. Happy to have him in my collection. The regular version, I believe, is still available at Sideshow. Uh, the exclusive is on waitlist. Okay. Cool. Do we know, do those waitlists pay off at all? Is there a good chance? Is there no chance? Is there 50-50 chance with waitlists? Is there uh, look, any rhyme or reason? I mean, they do close them off, so if if there is, you know, if you ever see something on waitlist that you would like, it's worth joining because you're not going to be charged anything unless one actually becomes available. But, um, I have had them convert. Uh, it is, I, I think that if it's not out, if a piece isn't out yet and there's a waitlist, then definitely worth joining because then any credit card declines or cancellations become available. Um, for a piece like this where, Oh, the regular version is on pre-order. That's odd. Because hmm. um, this came out, I, this is, I've had this for at least a month. If, you know. Um, but, you know, with something like that where it has already been out, then it, I don't know, it might be returns, etc. Or sometimes, you know, ones they find in the warehouse. I'm not sure. But I have, I have had wait lists on Sideshow Convert. Thank with the um the wobbly head, you know, next time I'm over in Melbourne, I can bring you a spring. We can take the head off, put the spring on there, and create a bubble head. because <laughs> you know how much I love bubble heads. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and really, when I paid you know two hundred bucks for um, a, a six scale figure, that's what I really want is a six scale bubble head. Awesome. It's, it's for your Ewok figure, so when he hits it with his drumsticks, it bubbles <laughs> and makes. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. 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 <laughs> One thing I didn't comment on, which I, I should mention, is that the um, arm, well, the hands with the gloves um, are a little bit fiddly to put on and off. There is a peg, but then you've got, you're fighting with the um, cloth sleeve, and then you've got to tuck it under the forearm armor, um, which is then jammed up against the upper arm armor and the shoulder <laughs> armor. Um, so that's what I'm talking about where it can just all get a bit like, you know, fiddly. So I mean, they, they, it, it does, um, it does work. I'm just, I'm just mentioning it cause I'm here now. Oh, ha! both of his arms just fell off. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all the times when you want to have a video and this is just one of them. So yeah, before the whole thing disintegrates in my hand, 
uh, I'm going to call it call it quits and say I'm done. <laughs> okay. Hilarious. Uh, thank you for that, Scott. We will take a short break and uh, get some feedback and wrap the show up for the, the week. Hey, kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You want to know what we'll makes some super? Because they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brainless sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures from Earl. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, before we finish off, we have a couple of items of feedback from our listeners that we'd like to share with you. If you have any further questions or comments or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and you can find us on Twitter. Uh, so the first piece of feedback is from Omega Supreme, and I'll hand over to you, Eddie. Okay, so this one is from Omega Supreme. He's a newbie on our forums, actionfigureblues.forums.com. Uh, uh, no, that or afbforum.com. Yep. Very good. Yep. If you want to be technical and put in the correct um, <laughs> website <are> address. <laughs> uh, and he has to say, are Transformer G1 considered action figures? I don't hear them being talked about or even acknowledged on the podcast. Um, and I chosen to read this one out and I, I feel personally responsible since I'm technically the transformer, uh, man of the group. Uh, look, uh, I do try to include it from time to time, uh, in our news section, uh, where I think it fits and it's, um, news worth talking about. Uh, but there is so much transformer news out there. There is a great deal. We could go down the rabbit hole of just talking, uh, transformers news, uh, in and out on every news section. And I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of fantastic podcasts that already do that and just focus specifically on transformers. Uh, I do hope to do more transformer talk in the future as I pick up transformer toys. Unfortunately, even though I am the biggest Transformer guy on the podcast, I think it's safe to say uh, it is a bit of a subline that I collect rather than one of my major focuses, and I haven't picked up as much this year as I'd like or make it into my Toy of the Week, but uh, it is something that I know uh, we do get requests on a lot and I hope to hopefully make it a bit more of a priority uh, in the future. Uh, but it is one that, um, at the same time, yeah, definitely check out, um, TFW 2005 podcast or, uh, even our friends over the fan holes podcast. They've done a couple of ones on G, uh, one transformer. So there's definitely transformer talk to be had and, uh, we'll definitely have it here, but we also do want to give focus to toys that don't always get the spotlight as well. Hmm. Good. Very good. And uh, for our second and final piece of feedback, I'll hand over to you, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Uh, we got a message from Joe Also Art on our Facebook page, uh, and he's uh, not a happy chappy. He uh, mentions uh, a red card and a big F you to Marvel <laughs> Legends and I assume Hasbro. Oh, no, oh, it's few. I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to Marvel Legends uh, and Hasbro, uh, he has picked up his Hulkbuster 
wave figures and says, I got a right arm with a left shoulder. Notice the gold highlight on top. Problem is there are two different size sockets, so this won't fit. That's modern quality control for you. Uh, that is kind yeah. of annoying because it's not like you can just, yeah. Yeah, th- this isn't uh, fun. I actually had this happen to me way back with my Walmart Giant Man wave. Do you remember mm, that one with the mm, big bed? Yep. Uh, Giant Man, I got, uh, it was the right bicep. Um, oh, I no. got, uh, I, I had a left bicep arm in my pack, which the left bicep arm was the one that actually came with the Sentry figure, which there were two versions of in that set. So I ended up with three of the left bicep and none of the right uh, and was never able to complete my giant man. So he's still sitting there um, armless. I've got his lower arm, the correct one, but nothing to connect the two points uh, in there. So I do know uh, what this feels like. Um, the right arm was the one that, uh, came with Valkyrie, I believe. So, um, she's not particularly the hardest one to come by from what I've seen. So maybe if anyone out there, if you've picked up an extra Valkyrie for customizing or anything like that, or, um, potentially have a spare right arm there, maybe, um, catch up with, uh, Joe. Uh, and see if you can help him out if anyone out there is feeling generous as we're heading into this Christmas season. Maybe a bit of a call out there. Yeah, I think we could almost make this a discussion topic. I, I could go on for some time about all the times that's happened to me. Yeah. Various, you know, I've still got a, um, I think it's the Eradicator from DC Universe Classics that from the elbow down has some two left arms. So you, know, you, you think you might notice that when you're uh, attaching them, but I assume... You know, when you've got someone sitting in a, well, I won't say third world country, but, you know, when you've got people working for minimum wage in a factory somewhere who are probably so disassociated with the property, um, they probably don't notice these things. I I actually had a bit of a, do you remember that Michael Douglas film, Falling Down? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I had a bit of a falling down moment one day when I was in uni and I didn't have a lot of money to my name. I was pretty much living off $70 a week back then, which um, seems impossible to do now, but somehow <laughs> I did it. And I really wanted this Star Wars comic pack that had um, an Obi-Wan and an Alpha Trooper in it. And it was Obi-Wan, um, it's, this thing was called the Battle of Jabom or something, which is actually an allegory for Gallipoli and all that. And uh, it was one of my favorite stories from the old Clone Wars comic and really wanted to get in that set. And I got it. And it seems really petty now when I look back on it, but he's he had two left feet, which you couldn't <laughs> even really tell because he had a plastic cloak on. So unless you're looking up his uh, robes, you really can't tell. But the fact that I spent something like $25 on this set when I only had like $70 a week and it was one of the few toys I'd brought in ages and it had a default on it. I got really annoyed and started sending all these grumpy messages to Hasbro Australia and there was a lot of back and forth about taking it back to the retailer and I was like, I can't, I tried, but it's um, already uh, out of its packet and that was the only one they had. There was no replacement and boom, boom, boom. And they eventually sent me a whole set of star wars comic pack figures in a thing i think to stop me out because i just kept annoying them every day 
with one. So um, not recommending that's what everyone should do. And I don't, I'm sure they've probably changed policies now and all that, but I do understand the frustration uh, there, Joe. I've been there before for much less a reason than um, this horrible one that you've got here. <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, it's another week down, another week closer to our 200th episode. Oh, my. Which is yeah, rapidly bearing down on us. Wow. Musical Christmas Spectacular. Uh, I actually have yes. I've, I've got the contest idea because, like, we'll have prizes and whatever, and I've got the idea for Yay. what the contest is going to be. So there's progress. It's all in my brain. Um, but, Excellent. you know, thinking about things is the first step. Cool. Yes. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure as always, gentlemen. As always. Hope to catch up with you again either next week or in the near future. In the near future. Indeed. Mm. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye. Bye. Good journey. Have you, John Spade, when you did? Oh. No. <laughs> Love you, John. Gross. <laughs> Classic Flying Fist He-Man and Terror Claw Skeletor 2-pack. The Lego Star Wars AT-DP and the Sideshow Collectible Star Wars Scout Trooper 1-6 Action Scale Figure. Action Scale Figure? <laughs> oh, I'm getting confused now. Legendary Scale and <laughs> yeah. Action Scale and Studio oh, Scale. <laughs> studio Scale? I mean, action and scale. now he's throwing in Action Scale. I mean, uh, Adam's just making so We have a mega Toy of the Week show in this episode, and I just sounded like Ed Sullivan there. A very big show. Mega show. My God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can Google who that was, Eddie. (laughs) I referenced him on The Simpsons. Read a big show. As long as it wasn't an episode from the 90s, because, you know, that'd be even worse. Terrible. That'd be where's, like a vintage show vintage? referring to a vintage show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, carrying on with our Mega Choy of the Week show, Adam's. Oh my God. I'm so mm-hmm. sad. Why can't I word tonight? Language <laughs> <laughs> <Like> what? <laughs> five. I blame Eddie. Four. Maybe Doctor Who. Three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Adam's turn. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last time. Five. Four. Three. <laughs>
five, four, three. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what you want. Fuck's sake. <laughs> five. Can we use that? That, that way. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> five, four, three. Now, Scott, um, yeah. I, I don't often make demands of you, but if you go back during Eddie's toy thing, he does actually say um, that he is referring to the He-Man figure and how he has furry undies in his arsenal. And <laughs> I want you to edit and stop it halfway through the word <laughs> arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you want to make it your ringtone? Oh, for yep. sure. <laughs> Just checking, for sure. I got it. <laughs>